The weekend's over, but you still want to party. Your parents are going out of town, so you'll have the house, but not the car. It's okay. You know this girl. Her husband's in jail. She just found out he'd been cheating on her the whole time. So she's mad as hell. She tells everybody about it on Facebook. She always tells everybody everything on Facebook. She can borrow her friend's van. You have money for marijuana and some meth. She likes to call it the biatch. Well, she can call it whatever she likes. Hey, maybe you can get lucky. Maybe you'll get very unlucky. And your mother will find your severed head in a bucket of your own blood. The Taylor Shabiznis case. Tonight on Midnight Radio. Hi, I'm Taylor Shaw Business, and I'm a very hardworking, dedicated individual that's broke and really needs money to help get that swole on. So if you could please donate to this GoFundMe page, be greatly appreciated. Thank you. That's Taylor, four months before the murder. What would make such a beautiful girl murder in such a grotesque way? What about her victim, Shad? Did he do anything to deserve that kind of death is taylor somehow a victim too this case takes place in beautiful green bay wisconsin brown county from the outside world we're known as like you know the packers and cheese life but it's like when you break it down and you look at the city it's it's slowly falling apart in a way that we don't want to see it fall apart you know but it should be nice it did. There was a time when I remember you could ride around and on your bikes and have fun with your friends and you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, like a drive-by shooting. So it's always was like a decent place to live. There wasn't too much, but in the last couple of years, it's kind of, you know, we've had people moving from bigger cities. So with that comes, you know, more people. And when there's more people, more things happen. Well, yeah, back in like 2016 is when it started getting really bad with like meth and stuff. Yeah, definitely have become a problem in our city. And it's really sad to watch it all kind of take over a lot of people that I know's lives. Um, my mother-in-law, she lived here for a while. She actually passed away in 2020 from a drug overdose. And uh, I, it, it is a problem that not enough people talk about in our city. And it's, it's kind of been heartbreaking to watch it all play out. That was then. Now it's early February 23rd, 2022. It was a cold night and an even colder morning. There was a light sprinkling of snow the day before. Not unusual for February in Wisconsin. 3 a.m. The temp hovers around 9 degrees as Tara hears a door slam in the basement. She sees light through the door and heads down the stairs to check on her stepson, Shad, as she descends and notices nobody's in the room. Oddly, at the bottom of the stairs, she sees a black bucket covered with a beach towel. She throws the towel back 
And oh my God, she sees her son's severed head. She calls dispatch. When the cops arrive, she tells them who her stepson was last with, an old friend, a girl named Taylor Coronado, or was it Shabusiness? She must know something. She gave them her address and make of the van she saw her drive up in 48 hours earlier. I have a report from a FBI profiler, mm-hmm. and, and this is not based on interviews with Taylor at all. So, in a way, it's based on the facts, on the after facts of what occurred, and like from from the the thing that happened on the twenty third. But it hasn't mm-hmm. been verified from her, and it has certain things about personality and whatnot. So I'd like to read it to you and you tell me if this if this is correct or completely off base. Okay. So it says uh, perpetrator profile Taylor Shabusiness. Per- perpetrator was sexually molested as an ale- adolescent by a close male relative. Family history of alcoholism. Began habitually drinking and using drugs during junior high years. Drug and alcohol abuse stunted brain development and emotional maturity stunted. Is unable to hold down a job and education opportunities due to temperament and family stability. During times of stress, uh, Perp displays strong emotional outbursts and is quick to show remorse and apologize. During sexual encounters, she must take the dominant role in order to achieve climax, has a manipulative personality, unstable relationships with family members and romantic partners. When inebriated, tendency to show explosive hostility towards males, physical altercations with significant others, abuse of prescription medication, usage and selling, that's it. Um. So, mo- most of that, yeah. But um, towards the end, I, me personally, I've never seen that side of her. Um, the aggression towards her female lovers and such. Um, when we were in high school, she dated. When I met her, she was dating this guy that she had been dating for a while, and I've never, I never seen any problems with them. They were actually a pretty happy go-getting couple together. Um, but after high school, I didn't really anything with her love life so other than um just recently she had gotten married and her husband is in prison so i didn't really get to see them interact together anytime i heard them speak on the phone though because she would be at my house and he would call her and like anytime that they spoke together i mean they seemed really happy Mm -hmm. and she there was never any like anger towards him or anything like that but like like Hannah said, I never got to see them interact. There was a small time in our lives where we kind of went separate paths because I started my own family and, you know, my, my children have disabilities. So I kind of focused on my life a little bit. Well, so we lost ended touch. Up actually moving to Texas for a little bit. Yeah. I feel like if she did drugs around me, like that one time that she acted, she relapsed and she told you the full truth. She only right. told me that she smoked. So I just thought that she smoked like weed or something. Right. 
she didn't want to disappoint me. Yeah, she was very big on, like, with her sober friends. She didn't want to disappoint us. Like, she she really wanted, like, I feel like her soul wanted to do good, but the addiction just really controlled her. Yeah, I was with her, like, every day last summer while she was pregnant with Mat- She was pretty sober, and it was, uh-huh. it was fun. It was nice. Yeah, she definitely, she was really trying to do right by her son. I can definitely testify to that. It took a, it took her a bit to click because uh, she did use in the beginning of her pregnancy, but towards the end, she, she got sober. She wanted to do good. She even, that was her original me- reason for moving to Texas was so mm-hmm. she could be sober and give her life or her son a good life. Why did she move back? She didn't want to actually. Um, so when her son was born, because she had used in the beginning of her pregnancy, he tested positive for meth because they used his umbilical cord blood mm-hmm. and uh, they CPS got involved. So her son got taken away. Um, There was a bunch of stuff with that. And then she actually had a court case here in Wisconsin. So she had to come back for that court case. And she was intending on as soon as her probate or her, her her ankle bracelet was done, she was going to move back to Texas to do everything she could to get her son back. But coming back to Wisconsin, it was hard for her because most of her friends are users and her sober friends have, busy life right. so it's easier for her to just go back to that same crew that she was hanging out with and unfortunately because of that you know she fell back into the drug use and it was so weird because three weeks before this happened me and my sister had been talking and we were like have you heard from taylor like it's not like her to not talk to us the last thing that she had said to me was that her phone broke and she was using her roommate's phone, and unfortunately, my daughter must have opened the message because <laughs> she's a little thinker butt, and I didn't get the chance to see that message until after all this happened, and I felt so bad because, you know, maybe if I would have been able to hang out with her and just kind of reinstill in her head, like, you know, you don't have to be using drugs, you know, maybe it could have helped her, but at the same time, you know, when you're that into your addiction, there's never really a guarantee that anything anyone's going to say will help. After she lost custody for a son, was she really depressed? Oh, yes. I got the phone call. Um, she was still in the hospital um, oh, when she found out that, that they early? were taking her son. And oh. I, oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> um, it was really hard for her. Uh, yeah. I never heard a mom cry like that in my lifetime. Um she completely was heartbroken. Uh, she loved her son more than anything in this world. And I guarantee you to this day, she still does. Like it, it was so hard for her and she didn't really understand what was happening, why they were taking him. She didn't know much about CPS and stuff like that. So immediately I kind of jumped into researching CPS, in Texas and trying to help her figure out what the next steps were. Um, and she, she was really dedicated to getting her son back. She was pumping breast milk so that way she could give it to him. Um, cause they wouldn't let her breastfeed him, uh, during the visits, but they would take the breast milk. So she was pumping, um, so, so that way she, she could give him breast milk. She 
literally moved into a homeless shelter so that way her grandparents could get custody of Mateo, which I believe after about a week, week and a half, they were granted custody of Mateo. So she was really excited that she was able to see him, but it was really hard on her because her grandparents apparently would not let her hold him or do much with him. Um, she would call me crying saying, you know, like how heartbroken she is because this is supposed to be her family and they won't let her do anything with her son. They wouldn't let him give her him a bath. They said it was bad for him to have baths. So she was really worried about her son being in their care almost, it seemed like. And I know she has hardships with her grandparents because of the molestation that occurred with her father. Um, she actually had reported it to police in Wisconsin, and her grandparents made her retract her statement because they said forgiveness is key and that they didn't want a bad name on their father. On their son. Or, yeah. yeah, on their son, I should say, her yeah. father. She cares a lot about family, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. And family, her friends? Family. Especially in her family. The way she was raised is very much like family is everything. Right. So for her father well, to have put her through all that she's been through, mm -hmm. it really broke her heart. And realistically to her, the only family that she has that cares deeply about her, that she knows about, is her brother and her cousin that right. she even gets into fights with, but who doesn't right. butt heads? Yeah. Right. She gets in fight with her brother and cousin? Well, argument, argument, right, yeah, the cousin, not the brother. She, her, and her brother are really close, at least from what I've heard. I know they have her back. Yeah, yeah. Do you know if she saw a doctor after that for uh, depression after her son uh, was taken away? You know, I never really asked her about it. I did tell her about postpartum depression right. because I know how serious it is. My sister, my older sister suffered from it. And um, I know it can really take a toll on you. And with everything that she was going on with going on in her life, like losing her, well, not losing her son, but having her son taken from her and then like battling her addiction. Like, I know that her mind was in kind of like crisis mode, you know, so I, I let her know what PPD was. She would ask me about it. And, you know, I kind of just tell her, you know, if you need to get help, go get help. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think that she was just so busy trying to keep a, keep a job and figure out the stuff that she honestly probably didn't make the time to make sure that that was key because in her eyes at that time, the most important thing was her working and her taking the drug test through the CPS and cause after her son was born, she, they actually drug tested her and she passed it um, because she wanted to prove to them that she wasn't on the, like any drugs at the time that he was born. So she got, she herself requested a drug test. So that way she could prove that. So like she was doing everything she could to kind of just get her son back. And in the way she kind of failed to take care of her own mental health at that time. It seems like she almost had three sets of family. She had her sober friends. She had her brother and her cousin and her grandparents. But it seems like she also had her not good friends on the other side of her life she was trying to heal herself from. Yeah. And three don't mix. Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, when things were getting worse in her mind, she headed to the quick source of relief with her friends that were also users. Yeah, definitely. 
did you know Shad from school also? I did. Um, he wasn't like a friend of mine, but more of like an acquaintance. He's and, like that uh, guy you knew? Huh? Shad was like that guy you knew of? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of what he seems like to me, like that guy you know. Were they uh, sweethearts in high school? So, from what I know, like I said, uh, when I met Taylor, she dated this guy for a couple years. Um, but her and Shad, after her boyfriend, I know that they were really close. Right. I didn't know if they had, like, any, you know, desire towards each other or anything. Um, that wasn't until last year um, when she was hanging out with him all the time, and they ended up picking me up a couple times. Okay. And she had told me. Go ahead. She just had told me that they had like that she had other desires other than her husband, basically because um, she had thought that her husband was cheating on her. Right, she found out he had been cheating before he went to jail. Yeah, which was pretty upsetting to her. Right, she, she um, that's what well. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, from what I've I've learned about her, she seemed to have a hole in her. From mm-hmm. her, yeah, definitely. Her nuclear I feel like she's constantly trying to chase that emptiness, like trying to figure out what she needed to fill it. Right. If that makes right. I mean, she was serious about this more than I don't know, maybe than we can be. I mean, she meant this as far as having a stable family, and Warren was really important to her. I mean, she even had his name <laughs> tattooed on her, and you can yeah, tell that the matching tattoo of her name on his neck. <laughs> right. And then to find out he'd been cheating on her, that along with losing custody of her son, put her in a dark place. And then on top of being on the bracelet and all that, yeah. Yeah. When she found out she was cheating, we kind of had to, or he was, he had cheated, I should say. Uh, we kind of had to talk her off the ledge. She was really upset at that time at the girl. And like, we had to kind of explain to her, like, it wasn't her fault like she didn't at the end of the day it's you know it's a two-way street it's not just her and I don't know the girl I don't know her name I don't know if she knew that Warren was married I just knew that it wasn't worth Taylor getting into trouble you know she was doing what I thought I thought she was doing well at the time you know not getting into trouble I hadn't hung out with her since she came back from Texas for this case I didn't even get a chance to hang out with her in person actually because all this kind of happened and I was going to be planning on seeing her before she you know went back but it just unfortunately didn't happen but she was very very hurt when she found out about all that can you tell me a little bit about her being on the ankle bracelet did she slip it off all the time or and put it back on or did she just so, this one night say to hell with it? This is it. How did that go? So honestly, she had one time told me she took it off, and it was when she found out Warren cheated. And I think it would be the same for you. Yeah, she she messaged me, and I was like, "Girl, you're gonna get yourself in more trouble." Yep. And so we kind of just said it wasn't worth it. You know, you you're so close to being done. Just don't do it. You know, and I honestly kind of thought she put it back on, but recently I've been kind of questioning if she ever did put it back on because 
she has that the friend that I spoke of earlier, the other sober friend that I met after this, she told me that there was a time recently, like I want to say it was like maybe a week before all this happened that Taylor told her she took her bracelet off. Well, and I I didn't know about that I, before her um, before the incident. Um, she messaged me that she had thought she was ODing on a bad batch and went to the hospital, so she had to have taken her bracelet off or something, you know. Right, true. So I'm sure she probably took it off and just honestly was flipping it either on and off or just yeah. took it off one time and didn't put it back on. But I'm not sure. I don't have, like, guaranteed facts on that. Right. But we definitely know she was taking it off for sure. (laughs) Which is kind of like one of those things where I feel like the state, knowing that she had a baby in Texas and stuff, they kind of should have, like, kind of like how they have her listed as a flight risk right now. Like, why wasn't she a flight risk then? Why would you guys trust her with a bracelet? when it's proven that they're not the hardest things to get off. Makeup was a big part of her life. She loved to dress herself up. Like, it, it, she felt almost naked if she didn't wear her makeup. That was a question, too. Her booking photo, this is her booking photo from the 23rd. She had full makeup on, and it was fresh. Yeah, I think I'm almost certain the previous. Yeah, that's an old mugshot. That's not even the mugshot from that day. That was her mugshot from when she got um, basically booked for her bracelet. Because she went into like booking that night. Right. I thought it was too, but from 2020, I got the booking photo of that, and that was in an orange jumpsuit. And the one from the 23rd. uh, So when she went in for... Um, cause so she went to court when she came back from to Wisconsin, uh-huh. um, right after court, she went into, she had to do like booking and then they got her, her bracelet and then she was allowed to leave. So we're almost, we're pretty certain that that's from that. Have you seen it before? Yeah. I, yeah. We, I've definitely seen that mugshot in the past. Because when they, when they first arrested her on the 23rd, she was wearing a black top and black pants. Uh, yeah. And it looked like That's she girl. was in that photo also. She's always wearing black. It, it okay. was her favorite okay. like, clothing color option. Well, well that <laughs> explains that. I don't think really a time her in not black. I've seen her in red one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I got, I got a, one more question here. Sure. So about four months ago, she had a video for a GoFundMe so she could get money for a gym membership. <laughs> yeah. I remember when she sure said that. Was, that was just a Kind of like a, what do you call those things? Like a, kind of like a joke, basically. Yeah, I think she was just kind of doing it for fun. She she was a big joker. Like, she there's one thing about Taylor. She loves working out. Like, and anyone who knows her knows she loves working out. And I think that she was in such a dark place at that time because that was right after, I'm pretty sure, right her son got taken yeah. Yeah. so she was just in such a dark place i think she was just looking for something to make jokes about like she was trying to kind of like cover her pain with other stuff because it was funny when she first sent me the gofundme i literally thought that it was going to be for her to like get her son back and then i like clicked on it and i watched it and i literally bursted out laughing and i called her and she was giggling about it like so i don't think that that was like a serious like 
help me out situation. Like, I really think that she, she was just kind of making a joke because she was a big joker. She, she the, the madness that came out from all this wasn't who she was. No. Like, she had a bigger heart than people give her. And honestly, like, she loved so many people, and she was the, one of the kindest people I've ever met in my entire mm-hmm. life. She's got a big, big so heart. So when all this came out, I bawled. It, it hurt my heart so hard because I just, that's not the Taylor that we know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that somebody you've known for so long and became so close to could, could do something like that when you haven't seen any type of side like that. I've never seen Taylor in any type of rage mode. I've always just seen her as the happy-go-getting, always smiling. If she was ever mad, it was just, oh, I'd go beat her ass. It was never a, I'm going to go, you know, kill somebody. Yeah. I did want to bring one thing up, um, which I find it a little kind of interesting. I recently learned that, so her father is facing uh, sexual assault assault charges on his ex-wife's daughter right now. Okay. And his public defender is actually her public defender. And I found that to be really strange, and I feel like more people should know that. Because in my opinion, I feel like that's kind of a conflict of interest. And well, yes. I thought that was super strange. Like, what are the odds that her public defender is the same public defender that is representing her father who put her through that? And now, ironically, he's facing another charge on another kid. Guilty. He's on vacation right now. Yeah. Who Shad's Which mother I is? I found this so disturbing. He's using the Go GoFundMe money. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she's out, and from what I heard, she's in Florida right now on vacation, taking a no map vacation or a no map adventure. Yeah. yeah, I definitely um, find it just weird. That from everything I've learned and from people I've talked to who have been to that house, um, it was a drug infested home. Yeah. Uh, it. I was kind of disturbed when I found out everything I found out because when I so I, my reaction to this kind of got like I got put in a position where I kind of had no choice but to back talk her, because uh, Taylor because. I was receiving so many threats that I felt like I had to kind of retract right. statements that I yeah. made for my own personal safety and my family's safety just to please the public almost, you know. And I have since learned so much about what took place in that home. And I, unfortunately, I can't, I don't associate with these people, so I can't prove if it's true. But, like, I I heard, for instance, um, Chad was, would give out drugs for sex and stuff like that. And when I found that out, I was like, you know, Taylor, she's a sex addict and she's a drug addict. You put those two things together, it's a, a no given for her. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like I, um, I've seen in a do- or not a documentary, but like a little thing on Facebook about Taylor that she was giving him the drugs. When I know for a fact that's not true because years ago, Chad asked me if I wanted to smoke tea, which is meth, and I was like, no, you can get out of my inbox with that because I don't do that stuff. So I know for a fact that he was already doing the drugs. Yeah. When I was preliminary investigating Shad, it did look like he had the profile of being a dealer. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of hard nowadays because the profile of dealers have changed because millennials live with their parents. 
for longer yep. than they used to. Normally, it was only drug dealers living at home in the basement, like literally. Right. So I didn't know. Um, there's one more thing. On her Facebook, someone put a picture that was supposedly a profile from Figgy's Hub. Have you heard what that is? Oh, so that's a fake, um, that's a fake, uh, what's it called? Instagram. Yes. So, that, it looked fake. It did yes, absolutely look fake. Somebody had changed um, the profile picture in the bio. I know Taylor would never use her middle name and say Dennis the Menace. Right. Um, no, no. And then it had like uh, Shad's initials on it. I'm like, this is so fake. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely fake. There's a lot of fake profiles that have popped up since all this. Mm -hmm. And like on her Instagram, it's, uh, well, her fake Instagram, not the real one, but someone made a fake Instagram where it like, she supposedly has been posting since she's been in jail. That is not her right. at all. Yeah, yeah, that's the one we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, she, she has not had access to a phone in jail. She She's literally sitting in a cell doing what all other inmates do. You know, she doesn't, I haven't personally spoken with her since she's been locked up. I did send her a letter because I kind of found out about this information because things in this city spread like wildfire. So right. I found, I, I kind of pieced everything together myself before the news broke. Yeah, it definitely was shocking. Like we said, we didn't expect this ever in a million years. Uh, it broke my heart, especially the most it broke my heart for was her son because, I mean, she she loves her son. And I, I know because she would call me any time that she got to be by him. She loves him so much that she was willing to get in trouble when she first when he was put into the foster system before her grandparents got him, she actually waited outside of a hospital and she, she messaged me saying she felt like a PI because she was waiting for the family to show up just so she could give them a blankie and a couple outfits so they could have it for him. Right. Like that's how much she loved her son. And she, I guess she kind of spooked them and then she kind of got scolded by CPS saying, you know, you can't do that. And but she didn't care. That was her son. She loved him. She wanted to make sure he was taken care of, you know. Did she have a job? She uh, she couldn't really, I don't know. She would hold a job for a little bit. But any time that she would lose a job she would, or, like, quit a job, she would go and get a job right away. Yeah. She, she tried her best to always have a job. Mm -hmm. And she was living with a friend of hers at the time yeah. she was arrested. She was. Yeah. How's her friend doing? Honestly, I have not gone there. I, I did make plans with her other sober friend. We plan on going over there soon to talk to him and see how he's doing since all this came out. I thought he was still in No, he didn't. He never went to jail. I, I thought he did too, but apparently he never. Well, just because in her. I think in they the interviewed him. There's a guy in an orange jumpsuit. I, it might have just been like for a different case. So. That's weird. Yeah, because sometimes they'll, like, overlap court cases, kind of. So they'll have the next person later. I don't know. Taylor would kind of tell me things about that guy. He weirded her out. Yeah. He definitely weirded her out. But it could have just been drugs and paranoia. True. So it's hard to say what kind of person he was and stuff. Um, from the person I talked to, I mean, I, I don't know much about him. But she said he seems to be a pretty decent guy. Um, he doesn't use mess or anything like that but he does smoke weed but that's it like he he's not 
you know, the typical Taylor bad friend. Like, he just so happened to be a place that she could lay her head at night. Okay. From what I hear. I was just wondering how he was doing because I think she was borrowing his van. Yeah. Which I'm sure it's probably gone now. Evidence, yeah, yeah, which I can't So, that's when she that. was in her last corner parents, where they were getting the okay to do the competency test on her, um, <laughs> and she didn't show her face, no, is that because she didn't want people seeing her there or because she wasn't wearing makeup? Or, see, I personally think that, um, it's all coming into reality to her, yeah. I think that also has a lot to do with not showing her face to her family. Right. She, yeah, she just it's, didn't. Family is huge in her world. So mm-hmm. I think she, it's almost like an embarrassment on her family part. Right. Like she, and I'm sure like, honestly, I'm sure she was crying. Yeah. Like I, I know the girl that I know is absolutely mortified by what she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially considering she had been friends with him for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. He lied to the judge. But like, so apparently, word on the street with that other lawyer is she's currently facing her own felony charges right now. So it's possible that maybe Taylor found that out and didn't want the help anymore. But I mean, so the lawyer has her own felony is under felony that's charges. That's what somebody told me. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, I now and that kind of made me make sense why people were like, "Oh, look who her lawyer is." Of course, blah blah blah. Heather, whatever. I forget her last name. I think it's like Richmond or something. Yeah, something like that. But I was like, okay, well, that would make sense why people are saying, you know, look at who her lawyer is all over the place. We heard from Taylor's friends about where she was mentally just before the murder. Let's listen to what Taylor has to say about the murder, mutilation, necrophilia. Well, turns out she has a lot to say. Police officers went to the Eastman Avenue apartments, the address Tara, Shad's stepmother, gave them. Taylor was right there coming out of the door of the apartment she was staying at. They asked her, you know why we're here? Because of my arrest warrant. The officer saw what appeared to be smeared blood on her hands and blood on her clothing. She was arrested and taken in. They searched her roommate's white van she'd used. The back seat behind the driver's seat, they found Shad's legs in a large crock pot box. Once in custody, the officers told Taylor, we were called to a residence this morning because a severed head was found. That's pretty fucked up. They asked her if she knew the victim. She said she did. Officers at the scene verify the statement she makes in real time. In the bucket, they find kitchen knives, severed head, a penis, and human blood. They find a plastic tote with a human torso that looked like it was sawed with a serrated knife. On an entertainment center, Meth in a pipe. The detective asks Taylor, What the fuck happened? That's a good question. I blacked out. Although she said it was only her and Shad down in the basement. Yes. We were the only ones down in the basement. 
We were smoking the beach. Chad put on a dog choke chain around his neck and wanted her to take him from behind, something they'd done before. The detectives asked her about the minivan and if they had contact with anybody when they first got to Shad's house. Damn. The head. I can't believe I left the head, though. You're going to have fun finding all of the body. She goes on. I used all the knives in the kitchen. The bread knife worked best. I used the teeth to saw. I put the body parts in whatever I could find in the basement. The dope made me lazy and paranoid. She says the dope made her paranoid and lazy, so she left them there. The detectives ask her what happened. How did it begin? We were having sex. I was behind him laying on top and choking him with the chain. I could hear him breathing and feel his heart beating, so I choked him harder. He just kept rebuilding back into muscle. His face was purple and blood started coming out of his mouth. I didn't stop. She said she was on top, pulling on the chain, then her voice dropped. Yeah, I liked it. She said she liked choking him, and then she asked, Do you know what it's like to love something so much? You kill it? The detective asked her, What did you do after he died? Taylor said, I sucked his penis for about two or three hours. I put the dildo into his mouth and up his ass. She said all this happened five minutes after Shaz's father let them into the house. She was in the basement for 48 hours. The detectives clarified that she was in the basement with the victim all day Tuesday into Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Those are the basic facts. She did add how before they went back to Shad's place, he and her smoked some meth and her roommate joined in for some marijuana. He likes marijuana. She also admitted to her and Shad shooting up some trazodone. She gave them details of how she amputated the head and drained his body. The detectives asked her if she thought what she did was right. She said, I did it anyway. Go ahead and go over with us your relationship, um, how close you are to the case. Taylor uh, grew up in my neighborhood. She lived about a block and a half away from me. She is the same age as my oldest son. They were uh, they hung out together in high school um, for the first half of, of high school, and um, she's been at my house on a couple of times. Uh, couple of occasions and then her youngest brother is like best friends with my youngest son i was able to see the apartments that she was living in at the time of her arrest and where the where the crime took place and uh, this doesn't seem you, like a bad you pay part for it. of green bay right. it's unacceptable no matter i mean even if i knew her i don't care what she did is unacceptable in my book I know there's no death penalty there in Green No. Bay. And just just one other thing is the reason she got a two million dollar bond is because in our in the state of Wisconsin they have to give you a bond. We don't have bond bailsmen here or anything like that. But it one of the I believe Wisconsin is one of the states that they have to be 
given some type of bond. So that's why they posted at two million cash. And you see, I was on vacation in Florida and my son had texted me the article and I was joking when I, when I was reading this article, I was joking around saying, Oh dear God, you know, Green Bay is such a small town. You know, it's probably somebody I know for all I know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was joking around and I then texted my son back and I said, do you know these people? And then he just, he mentioned back, he goes, mom, that's Taylor Coronado. She lived in their neighborhood. She hung out with me in high school and I lost it. I lost it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, the videos are still up. I think the one where I was, when I broke down and I was crying when I found out who it was, because it was a shock to me. I mean, I knew her when she was young. I mean, what mama, I have two sons, would not, when you know that person, even though you haven't seen them in years, I knew her. And to see that happen, what she turned into is literally freaky. Yeah, it's almost hard hard to understand. It's hard to comprehend. And especially when, you know, when you're in that moment, when I was in that moment, it was like that girl was in my fucking house. She was in my house. Granted, it's been 10, 15, whatever years. She was in my house. She was at my house, you know, and I keep playing in my mind, you know, in that moment. And sometimes I think, had I known what she may have been going through back in the day, could I have helped her? You know, as a mama bear, which I am, you know, those things go through your mind. But then it comes down to it. The more I stepped a little bit away from it, a little calm, calm down. I calm down. I said, you know, and then you start thinking, thank God I didn't get involved. Thank God I didn't get involved in her life, you know, and you just start going, Wow. What is happening to our kids these days? What is going on? You know, and it breaks my heart that she's turned into this kind of a monster. And I'm sorry, I'm going to call her a monster because what she did, that's a monster. And Shad's family and her family, they're victims. She's not the victim. Her family having to deal with what she did and Shad's family, his mama having to find his head in a bucket. They're the victims. Shad was the victim. The families are victims. I can't even imagine what his mother's going through. And then there's a financial burden too. You know, I mean, she's got a, she can't live in that house anymore. No, There is no way in hell I would live in a house like that. And she's having to move. Um, I know there's a GoFundMe account set up somewhere. 
behind what she did, there's no logical thinking. There's no reason behind any of the actions that she did before or after. Drugs. Drugs, right. Drugs and uh, short circuits. Uh, and, and this is just my opinion. She chose to take the drugs. She did. She mixed meth and trazodone, shooting it up, and not, not swallowing it. She shot it up. She, she actually injected it into him, or he injected it into himself or, and, and into her, vice versa. I'm not sure. And they chose, she, I'm not going to say they, she chose to do that. And she had a psychotic break, mental break, whatever it is, due to those drugs. I don't think she's a victim. It she, was her choice. She, it was she her made the choice, choice initially. to take those drugs. Yeah, and I believe she did do that with a good mind. It was her choice to do that. I don't think she's a victim. I mean, I it, if if she had a really bad life in the beginning, and if that information comes out, she had the choice. And this is something I go, I talk about on my my channel a lot. You have the choice to make yourself better. And if she, you know, there's no, there's no reason. I'm sorry. There's just no excuse for what she did. She was drugged up. She made those choices. Yeah, there is no excuse. There's no logical way to think about doing that. You're right. Doing the drugs was definitely a choice. Man. I was also wondering how her husband would feel once he heard about this. I haven't heard anything about it. No, but just speculation. I was thinking about what you said. And you go through all the different emotions. This is someone you've been around. This is horrible. And then you're like, well, at least it wasn't me. At least... You know, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in jail, so. The second thought, he's like, well, maybe this was a good thing. And I wasn't there, you know. Yeah. So And it, he's in jail. He's he's sitting in jail, so. Yeah, he's in jail for burglary, uh, and he stole some firearms. Yeah. And I think he's still going to be in there for a long time. If you if you do any kind of felony that involves firearms in any way, you go you go away for a while in Wisconsin. Was the monster created or did personal choices create the monster? I want to know what you think. What do I think? Well, I don't think my opinion matters, but I can tell you this. The devil disguises himself as an angel of light. You can recognize him because he can't and will never be able to show grace. He is the accuser and grace washes away accusations. One thing I can say about Taylor Shabiznis, she confessed her sins. Have you?